So, we've reached the end of clay season, and I guess first things first, I guess uh, congratulations are in order. Congratulations to Iga Świątek for her uh, second French Open, her second Grand Slam. And congratulations to Rafael Nadal for number 14 at the French and number uh, 22 overall that leads uh, all men in slams. Two more than uh, Djokovic and Federer. This is Iga's uh, second slam, and I really think she's just getting started. Uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, that first. I'm gonna talk about Iga first. Um, I know I've been away for like uh, two days for for the weekend, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll not spend too much time there. But but we'll talk about uh, the two finals, uh, sort of recap um, the clay season uh, overall, like the French Open, da 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 da, and then we'll we'll shift to grass. Um, this is the safe space, by the way, thank you for tuning in. Uh, after we talk about, uh, those two finals and, like, wrap-up clay season, uh, we'll talk a little bit about grass, um, the surface, um, we'll talk about Wimbledon, um, who we like, who we don't like, uh, maybe some of our thoughts, maybe once we talk about the surface, we can start discussing some players that, uh, may benefit or may experience uh, some success based on their play style or their their skill set or weapons um, or, or players that might struggle uh, considering um, their skill set, their style, their weapons or lack thereof. Okay, let's do it. Oh, and then at the end after that we'll talk about the two uh, WTA 250s we have this week, uh, one in Den Bosch and one in, in Nottingham in England. Um, both grass, obviously, uh, and it's, uh, I think it's a huge relief, uh, for me at least, I don't know about you, uh, we won't have to talk about, uh, men's this week, which I think is, uh, is good, uh, please don't get carried away, you know, the, you know, the last week of men's, you know, the second week of a slam was amazing, uh, please don't, you know, uh, continue with that sort of expectation, okay? Uh, you're, you went from watching the second week of a men's slam to an ATP 250. Uh, don't do that, please. Okay? Thanks. Um, I said clay season's over before we get into it. Clay season's over. There's a, there's a, there's going to be a couple of clay tournaments here and there. Um, mostly like, uh, like 125Ks. Um, for the women, uh, men's challenger, they play on clay all the time. There's a lot of freaks uh, on that tour. And then after Wimbledon, also, there's like a couple, like over the summer, there are a couple um, tournaments on clay. I mean, grass season is really short. Um, but like the main tour, like like where the big girls play um, after the grass season, which is really short. It's just uh, like, I think, two weeks and then Wimbledon. Uh, three weeks and then Wimbledon um, and then yeah that's that and then it's off to, to Cincinnati the North American uh, hardcourt swing so like Cincinnati Montreal San Jose um, I think there's like DC also this year uh, Chicago Cleveland um, them joints oh, and then obviously the US Open mm-hmm okay so so let's get into it let's talk ego Coco Golf yeah 
So I came out of the closet the other day and I and I made a confession. I don't know how many people believed me. Um, I'm not gonna say whether I was uh, being for real, just caught in the moment, or if I was being funny or cute, or being sarcastic, or if I was being 100% dead serious. Uh, I'm not gonna say, not just yet. Okay? But what I did say, um, I tweeted, I said, uh, I'm an Iga Shvantec fan now, there I said it, just leave me alone, like, don't bug me or make fun of me, just let me enjoy this title. Iga Shvantec has now won 35 matches in a row, and I believe 6 uh, titles in a row. 6 consecutive titles, uh, whenever she played, she won. Uh, going to Doha, uh, she won there, and then I believe the one after that, or the two after that was the Sunshine Doubles, so Indian Wells, Miami, and then Stuttgart, Rome, French Open, that's 6. 3 on hardcourt. Three on clay, Stuttgart, Rome, and the French Open. Mm-hmm. So don't call her a dirt rat, cause really this uh run, you know, it's a pretty balanced. Three titles on hardcourt, three titles on clay. Um, obviously had a win streak, uh, starting from Doha into the Sunshine Double, and through the entirety of clay season. Uh, clay season came and went. And she has still has yet to lose a match. Can I tell you something? I think she's just getting started. 35 wins, 6 titles in a row, 2 Grand Slams already, which matches players like Halep, Muguruza, Kvitova. Um, I think uh, she's just getting started. Well, isn't as like if it. People might say, like, well, Safi, yeah, like, that's so obvious. Like, yeah, she's, like, so young. Uh, first of all, shut up. Just getting started in the sense that, like, this is, like, it's not just the beginning, but, like, the best is yet to come from her, I think. Oh, uh, I say this all the time, every time I bring it up. Uh, the more she wins, the better she'll get. She's the type of player, or has that personality, or, or sort of mindset, or mentality. It's not like a rat. It's a bit different. Uh, maybe the word is, is uh, vulture, but that has a very negative connotation. Uh, but I think it's like maybe shark, but that's also a little inaccurate. So I will come up with a term for that. Um, but uh, I, I mean, it's described as the snowball effect. Um, the more she wins, the better she gets. The better she gets, the more she wins. The more she wins, the better she gets. The better she gets, the more she wins. You know, with every win, she just gets better and better. And better and better. And it's and it's really eight and I'll, and I've now I'm ready to make uh, the distinction and say both things are true. It is true that Iga Shvantec is an exceptional player. It is true that what she's doing at the moment, her run, her performance, her level, um, her improvement, just just everything about what she's doing at the moment and like, you know, the past like two, three months during this run is remarkable, super impressive. That is all true, 100%. But it is also true that the tour sucks. She is unrivaled in the sense that she like has no competition 
Uh, not because she's that much better than everyone, which she is, but it's because... Uh, she's unrivaled. What does that mean? It's like Usain Bolt is racing himself. Like, he's the only one running the race. Like, obviously he's gonna win. You know what I mean? He's the only one racing. How's he gonna lose? But it's still Usain Bolt, you know what I mean? Like, it's the fastest guy on the planet. No matter who's in the lane next to him, they'll probably still lose. I mean, Usain Bolt will probably still win, right? But there's, like, no one there, though. You know, and, and that's that's the thing for Ego. It's Usain Bolt just in lane one, there's no one in lane two. And you have to, I think, when you talk about her, you have to acknowledge uh, both things, and you can't just look at either one. If you're a delusional Ego fan, which like 86% of them are, They'll just talk, talk up how good she is, which is all valid, and dismiss uh, the second part, how the tour sucks. Or they'll say, the tour sucks because of Ego. Which I think is, is a huge leap, I think. I mean, there, there could be possibly some truth there. Maybe everyone just sees Ego, and it's like a psychological thing. It's like they see Ego, it's like, yeah, I stand no chance. So, like, just the overall level or, like, the vibe or the, the mentality or, or the confidence of the players, it's like, yeah, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, why exert myself? Uh, I mean, Ego's probably going to beat me anyway, right? Um, which, which, could be, which could be truth. Uh, which could be true, sorry. There may be some truth behind that. Um, but I don't know. I think I feel like that's it's not like a small hop. It's like a big leap. I think, and I, I don't really like to take those small hops. Like maybe like a little leap is okay. If like a like a tiny hop from here to here, that's okay. Uh, but this this is a a big leap. I think, or or, or some people say you're reaching, uh, or that's a stretch. Okay, um, that's what ego fans will tell you, man. They'll they'll tell you either. They'll completely dismiss this the the tour and just talk up ego, wh which is true, um, or they'll say the tour sucks b because of ego and they'll talk up ego, uh, and ego haters like I once previously was, will just um, discredit ego for all her achievements uh, and accomplishments as impressive as they are, and just say well like yeah it doesn't matter look at the state of the tour it sucks I'd like to see her do this and da 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 da. That's also blasphemous. Um, it's both. You have uh, both are true. Both are happening at the same time, and and it's possible uh, that both things uh, can take place at the same time. Both things can be true. Uh, I I might mess up. There's a term for this. I think it's mutually exclusive. Now I I don't want to mess this up, but I believe that this relationship it's not mutually exclusive. I could really be fucking this up. Um, I'm a bit of an idiot when it comes to these things. But I believe that it's not mutually exclusive, right? I don't even know what I'm saying, really. But I know that that's the term for what I'm trying to say. Like, both things can be true and can be happening at the same time. I'm going to Google that, actually. Because I need to... Like, for my sake, I, I like, I want to know. Yeah, it was true. I was right. So, th this thing is not mutually exclusive, which means that both things... Uh, can happen, can occur, can take place uh, simultaneously at the same time. Uh, both things can be true. 
And that's what it is. An example of something that is mutually exclusive would be like a coin flip. When you flip a coin, it can only be heads or tails. It cannot be heads and tails. It, it has to be either one, right? Um, and this ego thing, uh, it's not like that. It's the opposite. Um, yes, uh, what she has been doing is exceptional. Uh, very impressive. Remarkable. Phenomenal. Her level, her, her confidence, her game of just how much she's improved, how stronger, uh, fitter, faster she got, um, how fit she is, her legs, her arms, you can see like they're getting bigger, she's getting stronger, like all of these things are true, she's a beast, she's really good, playing really well. But it's also true that the tour sucks, and she has no competition, and she is unrivaled, and unrivaled in the sense that there is no competition. Not in a, oh man, like no one can compete with her. Like, like no, like no one is competing with her. You know what I mean? Not that no one can. Like no one is competing with her. Um, you know, the state of the top 10 at the moment, uh, Contivate is now world number two. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I love, I love Annette. I love Annette uh, Contivate. Um, but if we just look at her French Open results alone, she lost in the first round. After that tournament, she became world number two career high. Lost in the first round to Isla Tomjanovic. Leading up to it, I, I think she played one or two tournaments on clay. Lost to Petra Martic in, in straights. And this is just off the top of my head. This is just an example of some of... Uns Jabor, you know, Maria Sakri, Paula Bedosa. These are not girls to rival Iga. That is not competition. Which goes back to what I was saying a long time ago, and, and at the very beginning of this streak, before it became like, wow, like, look at Iga. Uh, and even now, myself, I, I, I watch Iga and I say, like, wow, look at, look at her, look at Iga. But at the beginning, I said, and, and I've, I... If, if if you listen often, if you follow my tweets often, and, and you sort of see what I'm saying um, over a course of a tournament, or over a period, or over the weeks, um, you'll see what I was saying. What I was saying was, at the beginning of her streak, I was saying, Iga is so lucky that all the girls that can rival her and, and put an end to this nonsense, they're all in very poor form and or injured. Ostapenka, Muguruza, Sabalenka, um, Andriscu, Danielle Collins, all these players were either injured or in just, uh, were either injured, sorry, or in such horrible form. And that was very true, by the way. At at that time, when I when I when I was saying that, when I first started saying that, it was so true. Uh, it could not have been more true, um, in in my opinion. Like I think that's very fair and and accurate. Okay, it was a very ac accurate thing to say, and there was a lot of truth behind it, in my opinion. Over time. I started saying, well, I think at this point, Iga is so far gone, all of the, the wins, the streak, 
the the media coverage, people talking her up left and right. She's the kind of player where that benefits her so much. And I was I I I was voicing my concerns that I worry or I fear that even if these girls came back and started playing well, I'm afraid it might be too late what Iga has become. They've created a monster. They being um the media, the the girls that she shot on left and right, uh like Bedosa and Sakari and, and whatnot and Uns Jabor, like um and every other girl that lost to, to Iga, um you know, in those last thirty five matches. Um includes Sabalenka twice, Pagula twice. But what I was saying was like even if Sabalenka, Ostapenko, Muguruta, Andrisko, Collins, if they find their form I feel like it's too late, and I worry that that might be the case. Now I'm saying, oh yeah, I mean, she, uh, she is so, so far gone, so far ahead at this point. Even no matter who comes and plays amazing, uh, it's too late, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, I say it because I, I used to not be a fan of Ego, but now I may or may not be a fan of Ego, so I... I I may have to remove that, unfortunately, but no, really, ego. Now, I, I, uh, um, yeah, it's too late. But before, earlier, two, and look, a lot can change in two months. Please don't get me too sad. A lot can change, uh, week to week, in like a three, four, or five day stretch. I talk about this all the time. What was true or what was valid information on a Monday? By the time we get to Thursday, that 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 really could be old news. You know what I mean? Um, and, and this isn't even Monday to Thursday. This is like a two-months thing. Or a two- or three-months thing that, that this whole Iga stuff has been going on. This this incredible run. Uh, 35 wins, 6 titles. And a lot, a lot can change. A lot has changed. But back then, really? Yeah, I've... She... Wow. Iga, really? Wow. To talk about the final itself against Coco Golf, Um... I'll just say that Coco Goff, um, I've, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh or funny or, 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 or to make jokes or anything like that, but she should be really happy that she made that final and really be proud of herself, uh, because I think it's very unlikely she makes it there again. One thing I want to say about Coco Goff, which I did state on the, the Twitter sp uh, space that I hosted, I think a day or two ago, uh, if you had a chance to listen to that, uh, I believe it was yesterday, um, yeah, last night, or whatever, um, I said here's one thing that's very misstated and overstated, uh, and it's presented as fact or something uh, that can very safely be assumed and 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 like as if it's a given you know like something so inevitable so matter of fact obvious and here's what it is and it does my tits in and i'll tell you why it does my tits in and 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 you'll hear you can hear what i have to say and and uh decide for yourself you know make your own judgment uh, you know make your own decision make your own mind up here we go so people talk about Coco Goff. They say Coco Goff. <coughs> I have to do my voice. Sorry, second. 
Oh my god, like, Coco Goff is just 18 years old, like, she, obviously she's just gonna keep getting better, like, she's only 18. Pause. First of all, shut up. Like, seriously, shut the fuck up. Second of all... And, and I might have to, you, you know, uh, give you guys a lecture on, on developmental psychology, but the first thing I want to say is that people develop a peak, hit puberty, at very different uh, ages. Some people, uh, you know, they're late bloomers, they hit puberty far later. Uh, some girls hit puberty very early. Especially girls uh, who are in their environment. There's a lot of uh, men, and, and this is uh, actually proven. Uh, I studied psychology in college. I, I, I can tell you a lot about this. Some girls hit puberty very, very early and start developing uh, physically, mentally... Uh, you know puberty in a lot of ways and de and develop and 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 that development and and that trajectory of uh, that curve or whatever for them it's it's very early excuse me it all begins like at a at a very early age a, a lot earlier than average especially for girls for some guys uh like in generally speaking guys uh, hit puberty develop da 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 da, da. a little later Sometimes a lot later, some guys also hit puberty very late, it's, uh, very, very late, like maybe like uh, 18, 19, 20, you know? Um, but girls usually grow till, uh, till they're like 16 or 17, and that's basically like them fully developed. That's why some girls are mature from earlier, that's why, uh, you know, girl, like female uh, or girls... Uh, when they start tennis, usually they start at an earlier age than guys. This is just a general thing. But Coco Golf, man, it's very possible. Like, just because she's 18, it doesn't mean that she's going to keep getting better. And you have to understand that clearly this girl uh, was an early bloomer. I don't know what the opposite of late bloomer is. But let's say she was an early uh, whatever. Uh, she Her development cycle began so much earlier. Uh, so you expect for her, her peak, to for her to peak a lot earlier than average. And I, I don't think people realize that. You know, because cause that curve, like, it looks the same, it's just earlier. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you develop, you, 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 there's, there's like an incline, an increase. Uh, you develop, you get better, you get better, and then you hit your peak, and then you slowly start to decline as you age. You know, just a normal sort of, like, bell-shaped graph or whatever. I, I don't think people realize that. Like, just think about it. And I think, like, just seeing how mature she is, uh, like, physically, how um, uh, built and strong she is. And, and by the way, don't forget, it's not like she's 18 and, and she just pulled up to the tour, like, yesterday morning. Like, she's been here for three years, and she really hasn't improved that much, and that's like a, a window where uh, people improve and develop and get better fairly quickly in those three years. Um, in, in the early years of your career, you expect, like, that's where you will see the fastest, most rapid, significant uh, 
improvement and development in your game. Obviously, there are some rare exceptions where, like, you know, like a like a two-three window, like when you're like 23 till you're 26. Um, you suddenly get a lot better and better, and there are some. So, I mean, obviously, these are players uh, peaking or, or or doing something differently. Some people, some people have a resurgence, but that is all a little bit different and more situational, I think. But Coco Golf, to to sum it up. I really, really think this might be her peak. Which may not be true. I mean, maybe she can get better and improve. But not not in, in the significant, very, oh my god, like she's only 18. Like, imagine like what she'll be like when she's like 24. No, not, not like that. That is very overstated. Um... Uh, Misconstrued. I think that's just wishful thinking. It's just horseshit. It's just some some bullshit ass argument. Well, like, yeah, she's only eighteen. Like, wait till she. No, no, no. Please, please, uh, don't talk to me like this. Uh, uh, please, just think, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. And I'm talking to you now, not, uh, you know, this this Coco fan. Uh, I'm talking. To, I'm talking to you guys. Really, just have a think about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, she might improve slightly, but it's very, very possible that if this isn't her best, like, it's, she's, like, very close to it. And we see some, like, this, like, obviously this isn't normal, but this really could be an exceptional, um, an exception, a huge exception, sorry, like an anomaly, an outlier, where, yeah, this girl peaked when she was 18, 19, 20, and that was it. It's very possible. I think it's a bit naive to think that just because someone's 18, they're automatically, inevitably, just gonna get better. Just based on that fact alone, oh, oh she's 18? Oh yeah, she's gonna get better. Yeah, she's got plenty of time. She's got plenty of time, but that is not synonymous with she'll get better. Like, is time on her side? Yeah, 100%. But she's not gonna improve significantly, as someone who would say that would probably uh, suggest or insinuate, you know? Uh, it's very possible. I mean, 100% she has uh, loads of time. Time is certainly on her side. Others, not so much. But for her, yeah, she has all the time in the world. 18, already a Grand Slam finalist. Uh, yeah, she's, she's got plenty of time. But as far as her tennis is concerned, her development... Her maturity, she's already very mature, but, but just her overall growth in in all aspects as a tennis player, as a as a young woman, I think this is very close to her peak. If it gets better, I think it'll be like minus minuscule, you know, like like fractionally, marginally, uh, better. Not anything mind blowing as as some of these people would suggest. The match that they played, it wasn't even close. I mean, yeah, there were nerves. Uh, Coco, biggest game of her life. There's, like, she's always dealt with uh, pressure, expectation, uh, all that just on her shoulders, being American, uh, being dubbed the next uh, Serena Williams. All that shit doesn't help, and it's not her fault. It's the media's fault. It's America's fault. It's just sort of the people's fault. Uh, but unfortunately for, for young Coco, uh, she's the one that has to deal with that. 
uh, she's the one impacted by it, even though uh, it's not her fault entirely, and, and, and it's not like she talked herself up or anything like that. Um, people did that for her, uh, and it doesn't really help her. Um, yeah, and it was, it was bad. Uh, for how fast and athletic she is, she she cannot hit a shot on the run. She cannot hit a forehand on the run. I mean, the doll's like old, slow, and fat, and, and I don't know what. And, and he hits a remarkable uh, forehand on the run. Uh, and, and Coco is as fast as anyone, probably the fastest, on, on the WTA Tour. And she can't hit a forehand on the run. I mean, Iga does it really well. Simona Halep, who's also a player that's very fast, like Iga, uh, does it very well. Her forehand, Coco, was, was spraying. Especially cross-court. Especially cross-court, and a lot of times when you're hitting a forehand on the run, like, you're, you're running to the ball and you're hitting it on the run, on the move, uh, you don't have your feet set, you know what I mean? Most of the times, those forehands, they go cross-court. That's uh, really tricky to sort of uh, weave that ball down the line. Uh, a lot of those those cross-court shots from Coco, um, I'm willing to say like 80% 80, 80 of them, unforced errors. Either long, wide, into the net, you know, like not even, like those, but like they never made it in, in, into the court. Um, her backhand has been good. Uh... Which is unsuspecting, but Coco, um, you know, from when we saw her at 15 years old to now 18 years old, uh, there has been no insane improvement in her first serve, her 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 consistency, her confidence behind her serving. Um, her forehand is very very her hit or miss, uh, more miss than hit, I think. And I'm, I'm not trying to be funny at all when I say this, but she really should be proud of this because I don't think she's ever going to experience anything like this again. Uh, honestly, if if you think Coco Goff is... Uh, I mean, if, if you confidently or, or, or you're sure, like, oh yeah, she's going to make many more Grand Slam finals. Like, yeah, she'll have another... I, don't, I really don't know, man. Re really? Like, how can you say that? Like, forget what I'm saying. Like, how can you say that you're confident or you're sure, or you're certain, or it's likely that uh, she'll have, she'll be there, she'll get there again? Oh, it's because she's 18, right? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to go t talk about that again, but no. Um, no, to say that... Uh, it's either one or two, one of two things. You, the only way you can say that Coco Goff will uh, have another chance at it or be back there again at a Grand Slam final, uh, you're saying either one of two things. You're saying one, uh, she's got the tennis and the game for it, which is just simply not true. Uh, if you watched her this week, um, it was nothing crazy. She played a bunch of no names. I'm not going to go through the list. She she played a bunch of no-names. And look, she's good, talented, uh, smart, fit, fast, athletic enough to to get it done. Which is good for her, and a lot of people gave her credit for that. And I think that's fair. 
But here's the here's the, the second thing. Uh, the, 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 you're you're saying one of two things. The first one is, is what I just explained. Uh, you think she's got the game and the tennis, which is just simply not true, based on the evidence. Based on the evidence. Okay, you you cannot point to me and tell me, huh? Look right here, right here, right here. She's playing good tennis. Look at her game. Uh, you know she'll get there again. You can't tell me that in the final, if she played anyone who you'd expect to be in the final, not named Iga Svantec, don't tell me like uh, Martina Trevisan or Kaya Kanepi, like like a reasonable contender or, or a, a potential finalist that's not named uh, Iga Svantec, uh, she would have won. Uh, it's like only Iga was the one that could have lost to. No, I I don't think so. Really, I don't think so. The second thing is, is that if, if you think uh, Coco Goff is, is going to make another slam or have another chance at it, or you think we'll see her again, the second thing that you're saying is, or the second possible thing that, that you could be saying to me is, is that she will always get a draw as easy as this. Which means you are expecting for something so ridiculous and, and sort of miraculous and something very, very lucky uh, unfortunate has to happen to Coco Goff again for that to be a finalist, which I agree. Look, if she gets draws like this for the rest of her career and, and the state of the WTA remains this uh, bad and poor and she always gets such nice draws like this, then yeah, I agree, she can make every single slam. But that's not sustainable, it's unrealistic, you can't predict that, you can't uh, count on that, you can't anticipate that. Um, but even if you can and you're willing to, then that's fine, but it's certainly not her tennis or her game that's, uh, giving you that, that sense inside of you that you, you think she'll, uh, make another final. That these are just my thoughts. Uh, congratulations to Coco. Really? It's, uh, an impressive run that she had to the, to the final. Uh, and even forgetting, res uh, performances forgetting how she played, what she looked like, uh, to get there, I mean, not, not in the final, um, forgetting the draw, who she played, da, da 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 just the results, just the fact that you won, you won, you won, you didn't bottle, you didn't throw, you didn't choke, you took advantage, that I think is good, and, and she should take that win. Okay, she's a Grand Slam finalist at the age of 18, congratulations. Let's see what's next, uh, my opinion, not much. Rafa Nadal and Casper Ruud. Rafa Nadal, um... Now I said, you know, going into the semifinals, I said the worst final we could have was Nadal and Ruud, and I, I think I was right. Uh, by the way, what happened to Sasha Zverev? Uh, that's really sad, very unfor unfortunate, and it's very fortunate and very lucky if you're Nadal. Um, Nadal fans are probably don't care, I'm sure they, or at least I hope, they weren't happy to see what happened to Sasha, but I'm sure they were uh, relieved for their player Nadal. Obviously, no one, or at least I hope, no one wishes uh, an injury on a player, no one likes to see that things, but uh, I'm sure they take that in a, in a very non-sort uh, of offensive or sort of malicious way. 
you know, as an adult fan, you're probably happy with that. Not happy that he got uh, injured, Zverev, but you're happy that, you know, uh, the match ended when it did, and uh, you know, we're we're good. We're through the we're through the final. Mm-hmm. Um, Kasparutz to get to the final. Look, I'm not gonna talk about the Marin Cilic match because that was not tennis. Okay. Um, I don't know if Marin Cilic got tired of, but he he choked, he threw, uh, he tanked, uh, he just started missing and 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 just forgot how to play tennis. And Kasparutz, like the rat that he is, uh, pounced. He's he's a uh, Rude is a rat and a vulture at the same time. Not a shark, there's a difference. But he's a vulture. He really is a vulture. Uh, Casper Rude. Uh, as a tennis player, my thoughts on him, I think he's very uh, patient, smart, uh, somewhat disciplined, uh, but very limited. Um, he can never bring confidence, uh, but if, if he is given confidence, if you gift him confidence, uh, he'll take it and and rock with it. He'll accept your gift, and and he will you know embody, apply uh, that confidence, and and he'll make you pay. But he can never bring confidence, I think, which is similar to the rats. A rat, uh, you know, we we talk about the rats all the time, like Bedosa. They need you to struggle, they need you to drop your level for them to increase theirs. Them playing well is entirely dependent on your struggles. Which means if you never struggle, they will never be able to play well. There is absolutely no way for them to have an answer, to increase their level, to play well, to get confidence without seeing you struggle first. Don't forget that. That's the realest shit ever told. Ever. Really. Truly. I'm telling you. Nadal is feeling 22. Uh, he's 2 for 2 on slams this year. 14 French Opens. That's remarkable. A lot of the greatest players of all time haven't even won 14 slams. This guy's won 14 of one slam. Uh, truly remarkable. Truly is the king of clay, but I mean his luck just cannot run out. I will say this though, he beat Djokovic and that is more than enough. Uh, but Zverev, if... You know, I mean even before the injury, the, the very unfortunate uh, injury for Zverev. Uh, man, he was playing... Good, Sasha, but he, he missed, uh, not missed as in, like, missed shots, which he did, but, like, he, he didn't take advantage of opportunities, 6-2 in the tiebreak. Uh, even before the tiebreak led in the set, should have never got broken, played a blunder of a service game. Uh, just had these lapses. Uh, uh, pressure moments, uh, it's, it's Zverev, he, he, you know, he is sort of prone to these sort of uh, blunders, or just loss of focus and, and letting game sets da, 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 get away from him um, but yeah it, it could have been trouble for Nadal but um, look the Australian Open there was no Djokovic in the draw 
and it wasn't because of injury or something like that. It was because of the the ruling. It's like, oh, they should have just taken the vaccine. The, oh, shut the fuck up. But I, I don't know what I'm saying is here. Like, there's no Djokovic in the draw. Like, I don't care the reason why. I don't even want to talk about that. Um, and he won. So like, it's not that there's an ast asterisk there. Um, I can never say that word like in a normal uh, voice or tone. I can't just say it regularly, like like in like I am now, like in a normal sentence. Every time I say that word, I have to say asterisk. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. Um, but no, here at the French, he beat Joko uh, fair and square. Nadal was phenomenal. Um, HGH, uh, you know, human growth hormone, steroids, injections, whatever it is, man. Um, so it's fine. Uh, he played great, beat Djokovic, and that's... It's not more than enough, but I'm saying like that, like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, you earned it. Like, you sort of kind of earned it, even though you, you still could have lost afterwards this very when you got kind of lucky, but it's it's okay. Like, you know, like, jo uh, the point is, Djokovic was in the draw, and he played, and in fact, you were actually the one to beat him, so, like, it's fine. But the Australian Open, like... There was no Djokovic there, and it really wasn't his uh, decision. Like, yeah, it is. He's the one that decided not to take the vaccine. How many times am I going to tell you to shut up? Seriously. Uh, I mean, it's enough. Anyway, congratulations to Rafa. Um, a lot of people were saying, Oh my god, is this it? Is he going to retire? Is this his last match in, in Roland Garros ever? Is he gonna retire? Is he gonna play again? Is he gonna play at Wimbledon? Um, he has made some uh, comments or remarks, or he has answered some of those questions. Uh, from what it seems, no, he's not gonna retire. Uh, it's likely, it's a maybe that he plays Wimbledon. So I, w I would say it's somewhere between likely and unlikely. <laughs> Which is a shitty answer, I know, but... Uh, whatever. No, I don't really want to talk about Rafa. If you're interested in, in his plans and what's next for him, then uh, I'm sure you already know. Uh, if you're if you're that keen, or or you can uh, Google it or go on Twitter. Uh, I I think I'm done talking about Rafa Nadal. Uh, but congratulations to him. Uh, truly, and I'm I'm not being funny now. Not being sarcastic. Uh, truly, a remarkable fighter, and and his fighting spirit. There's nothing like it, really. And I think that's a very uh, honorable and admirable uh, quality uh, that we don't see much uh, in this sport so yeah congratulations congratulations Rafa buen trabajo by the way last thing I want to say Casper Root today he in the final in the second set he was up 3-1 from that point lost the next and last 11 games of the match unbelievable man bro the guy's really bad the guy's really bad, and I placed a really bad bet, uh, a really bad bet today, uh, taking the over. Usually, uh, you know, 101 in, in tennis betting. If you take the over, it means you're counting on both players, and it's 100% my fault that I counted on and trusted Casper Ruud. Simple as that. Uh, so simple, actually. What a despicable player! I know, I know everything I need to know uh, about Casper Ruud after uh, watching that match. And oh, it looks like Rafa against like in a, uh, Please, I, 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 you keep interrupting me. Uh, 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 that's it. Shut up, man. 
Okay, so on to grass, on to grass. Grass season, it's fun, it's exciting, it's different, it's unique. It's the shortest grass, grass, it's the shortest season uh, on, on the tennis calendar. Uh, some say it's the most prestigious because of Wimbledon, like it's very uh, classy or, or bougie in a way. Um, you know, they wear, they wear all white, uh, which is like a tournament requirement. I don't know if uh, people know this, but in, in Wimbledon, all players are required to wear all white. No, any kind of colors, like all white. Um, the only color you can have on your outfit is like like a black Nike tick or like three uh, black Adidas stripes or, <laughs> or whatever. That's that's it. I like it. It's uh, one of my favorites. Obviously, this year though, there's uh, a lot of uh, what's the word? Controversy over contra I don't know how to say that word really. Uh, contra controver controvert controversy contra controversy is it like controversy with like a z or like controversy how do you pronounce that s anyway uh wimbledon uh, they made a decision that they will not be allowing uh russians and belarusians to compete this was from like a month ago and then now the WTA and ATP and ITF, so like doubles, mixed doubles, da 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 da, everything, uh, they are not awarding any points, uh, which means players will be unable to defend any of their points from last year's edition of the tournament. Uh, if you don't know how points uh, works, um, I, I don't really know if I can explain it fully uh, accurately. Um, but basically how it works is like you ha you you get points from a tournament let's say you know like a quarterfinal at a 500 is not the same as a quarterfinal in a 250 because obviously a 500 uh, event you get more points for it um, but basically it's like math like ever ev like you know what I mean like anyway let's say like uh, and this is just a total hypothetical let's say last year's Wimbledon you made the quarterfinal and you got 600 points uh, those 600 points, they stay on your, like, rank, like, your, <laughs> your profile or whatever, like, you have those 600 points until next year's tournament. Now, next year's tournament, last year you made the quarterfinal, uh, you are defending those 600 points, so let's say you uh, lose in the fourth round, so before, the, one round before the quarterfinal, uh, you sort of, like, lose the difference in points. So you don't gain any points. Actually, you lose some, but since you don't you don't make the quarterfinals, uh, but you won a couple of matches. So let's say you lose uh, 200 points. Um, so even though you won some matches, uh, you had some points to defend from the previous edition, and you weren't able to do that. Uh, so you lose, let's say 200. The difference, uh, you know, let's say you made the quarterfinal and lost again, then it's uh, zero net like you you don't win no points you don't lose no points you successfully defended those points so they just stay there for another year you don't gain nothing you don't lose nothing okay um now if you win it if you win the damn thing that's 2000 points and if you fail to defend it and you lose all the points like Novak Djokovic for example you lose all 2000 even though he could still play and win it and successfully defend the title 
and be back-to-back -back Wimbledon champion, he will lose all those points. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. A lot of players are impacted by this uh, decision, but no one more in the men or women than Novak Djokovic. Uh, if you look at the in the women's, the winner, Ash Barty, is retired, so it doesn't matter. But if she was active, then yes, she would be equally as uh, impacted as Novak Djokovic, because as a winner, you get all the points, and you have the most points to defend out of everyone, uh, but you're unable to do that. And neither of them are Russian, uh, so they would have been able to play, they would have been able to successfully, pot potentially successfully defend their title. Um, but yeah, other players that are impacted, like Berrettini, um, Sabalenka, but Sabalenka can't even play, Rybakina, uh, who was the finalist, Pliskova, like all these players are gonna, uh, Pliskova was the finalist in the women, she's gonna lose a shit ton of points. Uh, Berrettini was the finalist for the men. He's also going to lose a shit ton of points. Even if he takes it one step further, not only makes the final, but if he fucking wins the thing, he will lose all his points from being a finalist last year. It's it's incredible. Really bad decision. I heard that the WTA uh, decided that you c they will freeze some of their points. So those points, like you won't lose them uh, yet. Uh, you will get a chance to defend them, not this year, but next year. So like this year, like sort of... Uh, you won't lose anything, you won't win, you won't gain anything either, but the points that you have now from last year, 2021, you'll be defending them in 2023. Uh, if that makes sense. Uh, or like a half, like lose half and, and keep half. Uh, I think, you know, these next couple of weeks, like leading up to Wimbledon, I think we'll uh, see like maybe, maybe not, maybe it just stays the same, but maybe we see some developments and, and I'm sure we'll hear... Uh, the final decision uh, shortly leading up to Wimbledon, but at the moment that's uh, how it stands. And obviously, just uh, the first tournament, uh, first tennis tournament in the world to ban uh, Russian and Belarusian athletes, which I think is a terrible decision and very unfair for the Russian and Belarusian athletes. Um, but I don't want to get into that. That's all like political and da 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 da. I will just say that I uh, totally do not support this decision. Um, but yeah, that's that on the matter. Uh, other than that, um, grass season is fun. I hope it doesn't lose or it, it doesn't have like bad vibes or like it isn't like s doesn't have like a sour taste uh, because of all this shit that's going on. The points, the 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 Russian Belarusian ban. Um, but no, uh, grass is fun. Uh, it's short, so like it. Um, you always like want it to continue. It's never too long. It's like, oh, like get the shit away from me. Um, it's perfect. It's unique. It's aesthetically pleasing. Uh, it's a very uh, specialized uh, surface. It's different. Um, yeah, the grass. Uh, to talk a little bit about grass, the surface itself. How does it play? Um, grass is probably the fastest surface of all, uh, where clay is probably the slowest. Even though there are some hard courts that are as slow and potentially possibly probably could be even slower than clay but that is obviously a, like very rare to see um but no grass uh grass is the fastest why is that it's because um slippier slippier surface um you know the grass is like soft the ball doesn't bounce as much 
Uh, talking about the bounce, by the way, it's very common to see like a bad bounce or like a funny bounce. Um, to explain that really quickly, it's like you see the ball coming and like you see the spin on it, you see the pace on it, and you know, as a, a professional tennis player, like obviously you've seen that ball like many times, you can sort of anticipate what that bounce will look like, where it, you know, how high it will go, where you can hit it, um, like where you got a swing to hit it. Uh, things like that, and sometimes it can take like a really funny bounce and and make it look like you had uh, bad uh, judgment or you misread the ball, where really like it was just a funny bounce off the grass, which is possible. Uh, sometimes you see it on clay uh, when they hit the line or the paint. Uh, sometimes there's like tape on the line, so like if it lands right on the baseline, like it's sometimes like a funny bounce, but in grass it's. Uh, possible and somewhat common uh, all over uh, uh, the court okay um, what else yeah so so the court is fast the ball bounces low uh, so it, it favors uh, players that hit with power uh, it favors big servers um, it favors uh, speed people who are quick on the court and can get to a ball quickly players like Iga um, players who can hit on the run uh, fast uh, or effectively I mean and and, and, and with power uh, people who have strong lower bodies who can uh, generate power from their legs like Kerber Kerber uh, one of the reasons why she's uh, had a lot of success on the grass it's just her tremendous lower body strength um, Nick Kyrgios uh, I'm excited to see him play. He will be playing uh, a couple of the, the tune-up or like warm-up uh, tournaments leading up to Wimbledon. And he will be playing Wimbledon. Um, Rebecca, I think she has a really good game for grass. She does have the big serve. And she has flat ground strokes. She doesn't hit with topspin. Uh, topspin is very effective uh, on clay and on hard courts most of the time. But... Uh, on grass, it's not that effective, and if you have, uh, if you hit shots flat, with a lot of pace and power like Rabakina does, that is very, very effective. Uh, and she does have a big serve, and and big servers as well are rewarded on the surface. Um. So yeah, like I was saying, the type of players that you can expect uh, to have some success, to enjoy the grass, to to play well on the surface. Um, players with big serves, uh, fast, strong players. Um, Iga doesn't really have that big of a serve, but she is very quick around the court, and, and the speed of the court may not be an issue for her, because uh, she's fast, quick, uh, enough to get to balls. She can hit balls on the run. You know what I mean? She doesn't have to set her feet. Sometimes it's hard to uh, get into position, set your feet, hit the shot uh, on grass simply because it's just uh, way too quick um, for you to be able to do all that. Um, so yeah, it's very quicker. It's a quicker surface, but also quicker points. Uh, quicker matches clay is so slow uh, you know people construct points like rallies uh, grass uh, total opposite or at least far from that you know it's it's very possible you see some 
very quick fire points uh, depending on the quality of the serve if you have a you know big first serve then you know you're, you probably have the upper hand uh, in the point uh, really quickly I know that's like general and obvious but you, you you can you'd probably be able to if you don't finish the point right there with the serve alone um, probably be able to do like a serve plus one and finish the point but if you play a good return straight off the serve as a returner like think of like Belinda Bencic she does this a lot it's really sexy she's one of the best at it uh, Alexandrova too honestly um, just bullying bullying people with weak serves like yeah that you can see points like really really quick uh so the matches are quicker uh clay matches are long and and it's because it's like so slow um so this is definitely a nice change up as well and and just looking at it the grass on the screen i think it's very aesthetically pleasing um it's nature it's green bright it's it's vibrant um uh, it's good stuff, I think, and, uh, and I'm really excited for it. My top three players to watch out for, or I'm not going to say favorites, but I, I guess it's three players that I think uh, will look good, will have some success and impress on the grass this season, not named Ego, or Rabakina, like I said, Belinda Bencic, and Kaya Yuvan. I think they have the games, the strength, uh, the flat strokes, uh, the, the, the serve, the aggression, um, to have some success. And remember those three players, because I really think they will have some success. I will not be surprised if they have really tough draws, because uh, that's how it always goes. Um, but no, I, I'm excited to see those three players in particular. Uh, to talk about Iga, I think it's very possible Iga... Uh, wins Wimbledon as well. I don't think she will dominate as much as she has on clay. It's possible that she gets tested a little bit or her wins will be more complicated or less straightforward, but I don't see her uh, losing ego. My prediction for Coco Goff, and not just for grass, but I think Coco Goff after this run is going to fall off uh, and be a disappointment because now like I think the expectations on her are even higher. Uh, there are more eyes on her, like she she is a Grand Slam finalist, so like what's next? It's winning the damn thing, so that's like sort of the expectation here. I don't think she's going to live up to that, and I think she's actually going to go the other way and, 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 and maybe take a little dip or decline a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe that's wishful thinking for me too, maybe I'm just a pessimistic hating sick fuck maybe but that is um my prediction or my outlook for what uh the next few months or the near future for coco golf will look like and i think i'm gonna be right so let's see okay so on to the two wta 250s that we have this week um, i'm gonna start with nottingham uh gonna look at the draw um, unfortunately, the qualies have not yet been placed, which usually you would expect going into round one. Uh, qualies would have been concluded. You know who's who are the qualies, and then they place them into the draw. Uh, unfortunately, yesterday um, they were rained out both in Nottingham and in Den Bosch, so qualies uh, and uh, the round one matches from the main draw are both going to take place tomorrow. 
Um, but we can still take a look at the draw and see what's good. So, in Nottingham, the one seed is Maria Sakkari. The two seed is Emiratu Kanu, so they're on the opposite sides of the draw, can potentially meet in the final. Camilla Georgie is the three seed. Shuai uh, Zhang, the Zhang Banger, is the four seed. Ayla Tomjanovic's sexy ass is the five seed. Alison Risk, six. Bea Haddad Maya, seven. And Magda Lynette, eight. Those are the top eight seeds. In the first round, Maria Sakri has Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano. And I think she's going to lose. If not, then she'll probably lose her, her next match. Rebecca Marino plays a qualifier. Magdalena Freck plays a qualifier. Uh, Shang Wang versus Bia Haddad Maya is a fir uh, first round, which is one of the better ones. The Zhang Banger plays a qualifier. Zhu Lin play plays Anna Barrage, uh, a British wildcard. Uh, Osiando Dan versus Martin Seville is a first round, which is pretty good. Magda Lynette plays a qualifier. Alison Risk plays a qualifier. Lauren Davis versus Carol Garcia. Pretty good one. Lauren Davis was really good on the grass last year. Um, Donna Vekic versus Harriet Dart. Harriet Dart, British girl, uh, was pretty good also on the grass last year. I remember her playing this tournament. She was uh, quite good. Uh, Donna Vekic herself is also a player that's uh, quite good on the grass. Uh, Camilla Georgi, the, the three seed, gets wildcard uh, Cartel. Uh, Ayla Tomjanovic's sexy ass gets Shin Yu Wang. Always, always, always the good players that I like always play each other. They can't get uh, the Zhang Banger. They can't get a wild card called Cartel. They can't get Tatiana Maria. They can't get Rebecca Marino. They can't get a player called Buraj. Uh, Ayla Tomjanovic and Shin Yu Wang have to play each other to guarantee that only one of them can go through. Remarkable. Unbelievable. Tatiana Maria gets a qualifier. Heather Watson gets Katie Volunuts, which I think could be pretty good also. There's honestly uh, uh, a handful of, of pretty good first round matches. Uh, and Emerald Okanu, the second seed, gets Vicky Gulabich. And that's a bit of an interesting one. Emirat Okanu, by the way, this is the first time uh, playing in her homeland of Great Britain, the, the UK, or England, um, since becoming US Open champions. So talk about pressure, 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 expectations on expectations on expectations. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow in Nottingham, there are the five or six qualifying matches to be played so there will only be four uh first round matches in the main draw tomorrow which are donna vekic and harriet dart heather watson versus katie volinets ocean Dodin versus martinsva and Buraj the wildcard versus zulin donna vekic is a four game four and a half game favorite uh minus 300 against harriet dart uh, I think the over 20 and a half looks good. Uh, Harriet Dart being one of the better English players um, who plays well as an underdog, I think is good. Donna Vekic um, probably wins this, but Donna Vekic, the type of player, like, you might want to see a match uh, in each tournament just to see what's good with her. Uh, 
first match on the surface. Dona Vekic is quite good on grass. Um, I think over over 20 and a half looks good. Um, hard to hard to pick a side here, but uh, Vekic probably wins, but too big of a favorite, I think. Heather Watson is one player to fade. Um, in absolutely shocking form, uh, Katie Volleynets is a very exciting uh, young player, a uh, little under the radar as well. Uh, Heather, uh, Heather Watson's losing streak? I think she snapped it, no? Oh, well, she beat a player called Hobgarski, and, I mean, Heather Watson's form at the moment is so bad. Uh, really bad. She's dropped off, but she is English, playing in England. Um, but I don't know, though. I don't, I don't know about this one, Heather Watson. Katie Volinets is plus 110, and I think she's always undervalued. Uh, give me Katie Volinets, please. Now Martinsova is a, is a really good player on clay. Last year she had a, a decent run, went eight and three last year. Martinsova on the grass. Sorry, did I say clay? Wow, I need to, I need to get out of that habit for sure. Um, Martinsova last year on the grass had a really good run. Uh, she went eight and three. Osiander there four and three. Um, I like Osiander there here. She, uh, sorry. Fuck, man, I can't speak. I like Martinsova here. She's uh, a, a little bit expensive. Minus 145. Osiento, however, in better form, I think. She's trending upwards. Uh, Martinsova, I think, downwards. Um, but I think the the new surface, uh, Martinsova, probably the better uh, player uh, on paper uh, going into this and also better on the surface. I think coming back to here after last year, uh, she'll have some confidence. Osiento Dan, however, um, the surface does suit her weapons. The big serve, the, the flat forehands, the flat backhands. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Martinsova minus 145. It is bettable, I think. Um, but I would I would tread lightly. I would tread lightly in general. A lot of these players, their first uh, matches uh, on the surface. So, yeah. But Martinsova, uh, Moneyline, minus 145, should be good. The last uh, main draw match that we have tomorrow in Nottingham is going to be a pass. It's the Zulin versus Jody Barrage, the wildcard. So that's going to be a pass. But remember, in Nottingham, there are six qualies matches to be played. None of them uh, uh, were played today or even uh, had a chance to start. Um... And I did post picks for that, I believe. Uh, Jana Fett, Moneyline over Kawa. Miyazaki, Moneyline over Sharma. And Madison Inglis, five and a half games uh, against Katie Bolter. Mm -hmm. Those are the qualities matches tomorrow in Nottingham. Let's go to Den Bosch and have a look at the draw. So in Den Bosch, Arena Sabalenka, the one seed. Belinda Bencic, the second seed. Elena Rybakina, the third seed. Um, the number two, the two of the top three seeds are two of the three players that I said to watch out for here on the grass. Um, Sabalenka, Bencic, Rybakina, Tamara Zidancic, four, 
Samsonova, who was probably one of the best uh, grass players last season um, on the women's tour, the five seed. Kudermetova, six. Alexandrova, seven. And Elise Mertans, eight. So you can immediately see that this Dan Bosch draw is a lot more uh, stacked uh, than the than the Nottingham one. And I think it's because uh, a lot of these players are Russian and they're not pulling up to England. Mm-hmm. Sabalenka, Samsonova, Kudermetsova, Alexandrova. Mm-hmm. Sabalenka, the one seed, gets uh, Katerina Kozlova Bindel. Bindel? Oh, she got married and, and took her husband's name. But that's the Ukrainian Katerina Kozlova a little washed, uh, been really bad lately. Uh, good match for Sabalenka in the first round. Uh, let's see, man. Hartono, the Dutch wildcard, uh, young player that I like a lot, gets a qualifier. Alison van Uitvank versus Tamara Korpach. Elise Mertens get a, gets a qualifier, and so does Elena Rybakina. Vitalia Tiachenko, another Russian, versus Shelby Rogers. Flipkins, washed up as fuck. Flipkins uh, gets a qualifier. Anne Lee versus Sam Sonova. How disgusting. <sighs> Ekaterina Alexandrova versus Yastremska. Every time there's a draw, there's always two players that I like, that I'm, that I am hopeful will do well, but play each other in the first round. But they can't get. Uh, uh, Van Oetvank or a core patch or a qualifier, no, they get each other. Uh, Alexandrova and Yastremska. Russia versus Ukraine. How sweet. Poetic. Annalina Kalanina gets a qualifier. Daria Seville gets a qualifier. Um, some good unseated players here, such as. Yastremska, Kalanina, Seville, Hartono, the wild card. Honestly, could be one to watch out for, uh, the Dutch girl. Um, but yeah, Kalanina, Seville get qualifiers. Harmony Tan versus Tamara Zidanchek. <gasps> like, why, like, why do these two play each other, but Alexandrova and Yastremska play each other? Like, why, why can't they switch that? Really? Kudermetova gets Jinjin. Uh, the player who made the third round, uh, the former uh, college tennis prodigy from America, made the third round in the French Open last week, uh, Jean Jean uh, versus Kudermetova. Anna Blinkova versus Greet Minen. <laughs> uh, Kalinskaya versus Lemens, uh, another Dutch wildcard. Lemens has impressed in the clay season. Interested to see how she does here. And Belinda Bencic. Um, the second seed versus Madison Brengel. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow in Den Bosch, we have five uh, first round main draw matches uh, Kalinskaya and Lamens, Alexandrova Yastremska, Sabalenka, the one seed, versus uh, Katarina Beindel, Ann Lee, the American, versus Samsonova, and uh, Vitalia Diachenko versus, versus Shelby Rogers. Alexandrova and Yastremska. Okay, sorry, no, no. Kalinskaya and Lamens. 
Um, that's a bit of a scary one. Lamens is plus five and a half games, and the over under is nineteen and a half. I'm gonna take a stab on on Lamens because she she has impressed in some events this season on clay, and I think she can get some confidence uh, coming into grass season, playing in the Netherlands. Um, against Kalinskaya, who loves to lose, isn't really in the best form. Who does have a tank in her. Five and a half, that's a lot of games. Uh, Kalinskaya, not very good on the grass. She's alright. But Laments has never played on grass before. Never mind. Okay, so Alexandrova Yastremska, man, these are two girls where the grass really suits them. They both love quick points. They hate rallies. It's all going to be who's making their shots. Alexandrova is more consistent and reliable than Yastremska, but that's not saying much. Uh, Alexandrova can be very uh, inconsistent and unreliable. Um, Yastremska has a decent-ish record on grass, but hasn't played since 2019. Three years. Alexandrova last year on the grass, 3-2. and two. Career numbers, 17 and 13. Yastremska, 15 and 10. Mm -mm -mm. This might be a good one to just watch. I think this is a really interesting matchup. Both hit big. They love quick points. They hit flat. Um, Alexandrova serves better, but Yastremska has, has a decent-ish serve too. Uh, maybe not as reliable or as consistent. Um, really, really, really? Alexandrova 2-0 or pass, I think. Mm-hmm. Sabalenka, the one seed, plays against Katarina Kozlova Bendel. Uh, over under is 17 and a half. Uh, the spread is seven. Uh, I'm gonna pass. Uh, I'm excited to see how Sabalenka does. Sabalenka got on the grass, as you can imagine. Uh, the surface does suit her. Uh, big serve, quick points. Uh, you know, hard, hard to, hard to be able to to keep up and and play with Sabalenka on grass if you can't serve like her. Or hit as hard as her. Mm-hmm. That's a fat uh, line, though, really. But Kozlova's over. Uh, I mean, sorry, Kozlova is older. She's washed. Um, so, yeah. Good good draw so far for Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next, uh, the American Ann Lee versus Samsonova. Samsonova last year on grass was 10 and 1. And that one was her the last match that she played, she lost in Wimbledon. I forget to who, but she was 10 and 0 on the grass. Uh she won Berlin, uh made a decent-ish run in Wimbledon and eventually uh lost. Uh so 10 and 1 last year on grass Samsonova in her career 15 and 4. And Lee 1 and 3 on grass last year, career 3 and 7. Uh, this line, I think, is uh, a bit of a gift. I think Samsonova minus 4.5 and 2.0 look good. Her money line minus 275. 
looks pretty good. I think to put in a parlay. Of course, not to play it straight like a sick fuck. Uh, it's a bit of a gift. Let's see if uh, it's a it's a Anne Lee fade. It's it's a Samsonova uh, tail, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Should be good. Last one uh, in the main draw tomorrow in Den Bosch. Diachenko versus Shelby Rogers, and uh, just like the last match on Nottingham Slate, that's gonna be a pass. So, uh, first two tournaments of the grass season, it's gonna be uh, exciting. Um, some decent players uh, involved, uh, not only tomorrow, but uh, this week as well, uh, should be really interesting. Um, also really excited uh, for the new surface, uh, to see how everyone fares. Uh, and to hear people's thoughts, whether they enjoy it, maybe uh, people aren't uh, very familiar or have been uh, as exposed to the surface as, let's say, uh, Hardcourt or Clay, especially if you're a new uh, or a rookie tennis fan. And also really excited that we won't have to be talking or covering the men's this week, uh, which for me is, is amazing, uh, really. Um, so yeah, let's have ourselves a week. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, this has been The Safe Space. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, best of luck to us, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.